Welcome to the Life of an Educator, hosted by Matthew Beal. Team and welcome to another episode of the Life of an Educator podcast. My name is Matthew Duick, and thank you so much for tuning in again for another episode where we dive into the ins and outs of an educator. Let me start off, if you're listening to this close to the release date, Happy New Year and welcome to 2023. It is such a joy and I am very excited for this new year and what it will bring and I hope that you can say the same. Let me also say thank you so much One of the biggest excitements for me as I look at the episode download numbers, uh, December was the highest month thus far for episode downloads. And so that's that's a huge encouragement to me. And uh, so thank you so much for listening, for sharing, for telling your friends and family about this podcast. I released the first episode way back on August 23rd. And now being a few months in and seeing episode downloads, continuing to increase and continuing to uh, be positive. It's just a huge encouragement to me. Thank you so much for those who take the time to message me privately through text message or social media with your words of encouragement and with your feedback. Uh, That's so precious to me. And so thank you so much for taking that time to continue to get me excited about this podcast and continuing to encourage me in what I have to say. And let me not forget to mention that it is never a bad time to reach out and tell me what you would like to hear on this podcast or tell me what you would a theme that you would like to talk about or hear about and so uh, never hesitate to ask me your questions or ideas of what you would want to hear on the podcast I have lots of ideas but that's not necessarily what you would want to hear as the listener and so always uh, feel free to message me through social media or if you have my direct contact to message me and uh, I'd love to hear from you. Let's jump into today's episode. And before I do that, let me just remind you that this is going to be a continuation of last time. So if you didn't get a chance to listen to episode nine, we started talking about reflection. And I shared a couple stories about how I used reflection to change what I was doing with one of my classes and also how I use reflection at the end of the semester to hear from my students about how I can grow as an educator. So if you haven't listened to um, episode nine, go back, hit pause on this episode and go listen to episode nine and then jump back in. Because today we're going to take what we talked about last time and ask the question, well, if we're not going to put this into action, what is the point? Reflection is great, but it's meant to be more than just a thought. It's meant to be more than just what keeps you up at night. It's more than just, you know, having your students complete a sheet of paper and then you never actually doing anything about it. Reflection needs to move into action. And I think that for a lot of people, we tend to be really good reflectors, but we may not be the best at embracing change. We may not be the best at taking that reflection and actually changing and putting it into action. What is the point of reflection? We talked about this last time, but the point of reflection is to ask ourselves what went well, what didn't go so well, and how do we grow? How do we improve? How do we become better? Well, that's all fine and dandy, but if we're not going to take that and actually change or actually 
move on to something different, if that's what the reflection is telling us, then the reflection actually won't have any benefit and there would have been no point of reflecting at all. And so we need to make sure that if we are going to choose to reflect, which I encourage everyone to be willing to do, we should all be in a mindset of reflection, especially now as we're entering this new year. This wasn't done by accident that I'm talking about reflection as we're jumping into this new year. But reflection needs to go somewhere, right? As I reflect on 2022, there were a lot of great things that happened in my life personally that I am very proud of and very pleased with. There are a few things that I think didn't go so well and that I could maybe tend to forget or move on from. And there's lots of things that I look back on and say, wow, I could really improve from there. I could really change what I did in that situation or setting if it ever came up again going into this next year. And I'm not a big person on resolutions, but I am a big person on goal setting. And there are goals that I set every year and I actually was reflecting or looking back at the goals I set for 2022. And a lot of those goals that I set for 2022, I was able to accomplish. Some of them I wasn't able to complete. And now going into 2023, I kept a lot of the goals I had for 2022, but I also added a few for 2023. And so as I reflected on the goals from last year, I was able to be excited about where I have been. I was able to get excited about where I'm going to go. And I was able to personally think about things that I could do better at. And so I hope that you're doing the same thing as we enter into this new year. And I hope that this is something that you do on a regular basis, because like I said, reflection goes nowhere if we're not willing to actually change or we're actually willing to move from and to put into action. As an educator, you know, we're tempted to change things up all the time. I'm a big picture person. I like to change semester by semester, year by year. I don't do too much change within the semester only because I think that routine and I think that, you know, regular activities are really important that students come in knowing what to expect. And so I don't do too much change throughout the semester, but as we're embarking on the end of semester one and going into semester two, I'm doing a lot of reflection and thinking about how do I change what I'm going to do as a new group of students come into my classroom. You know, as I'm thinking about that, I'm thinking about how do I engage with my students better? How do I embrace them in a more positive way? How do I bring math into a better light for them to understand uh, for those kids who don't like math or who have been told that they're not good at math or who have the not very good self-esteem and, and don't think that they can be successful in math? How do I approach them with a positive attitude so that they can respond with a positive attitude and and try the math with a smile on their face and and be successful? Now, I could be that teacher who just thinks about all of these things and then continues to teach the same way that I have done for the last five years. And that would be not the best choice because, again, students are always changing. Uh, the education system is always changing. Life is always changing. And so I can do all of this reflection, but if I'm not going to do anything about it. Then it's all for naught. I love professional development days. Uh, these are days that teachers have throughout the year that 
uh, is really meant to help teachers be better teachers. And as a young teacher, I love professional development days because I am a lifelong learner and I want to grow. I want to be better. I want to hear and see what's out there in the education world. And I want to see the ideas that are happening. I want to see what's going on in and around my city, but also in and around my country and in the world. And, you know, not all of the ideas that I hear from around the country do I apply into my classroom the next day or even the next semester or even at all. But I want to see what's out there. I want to see how I can improve. I want to see how I can change for the better, right? When I was in school, oh, it's been a while already, but when I was in school 10 to 15 years ago, we were sitting in desks, staring at the front of the classroom, taking notes, and we didn't have anything photocopied for us. We simply had our loose leaf scribblers or loose leaf in a binder, and the teacher would come to the chalkboard or in later years to the whiteboard, and we would simply write everything that they writ wrote down on the board. And that would take, in high school, uh, this would take 45 to 50 minutes of the class. And if the class was an hour, then they would give us our textbook assignment and we would have 10 minutes to start the textbook assignment. That usually would be a half an hour in length. So that would give us about 20 minutes to half an hour of homework when we got home from school that day. Well, if I taught like that today, I would be seen as a not very good teacher because that's not what students need to be successful in today's classroom. Now, was it the best method back when I was in junior high or high school? Maybe or maybe not, but that's what it was back then. But education has changed since then, right? We have learned about how there's different types of learners, right? There's the tactile learners, there's the people who learn best by reading, there's the people who learn best by writing. There's the people who learn best by hands-on, right? There's so many ways to learn. Some of you who are listening to this, because you're listening to a podcast, learn best by hearing and by listening to a person or a group of people. And so there's so many ways to learn. And I think that in the past, even 10 to 15 years, we've learned more about that. And so as teachers, the best way is maybe not to direct instruct from the front of the room. Now, teaching high school math, there's definitely times when direct, when direct instruction is the best method. And I still do a lot of direct instruction in my classroom. But I'm also looking at ways of how do I get away from the front of the classroom and how do I teach where I'm not just at the front of the room directing from the front. And so these are all things that have changed, right? Um, as a teacher, even when I went to university, I thought that I was going to be a very black and white teacher, right or wrong. There's no opportunity to grow. It's either you get it or you don't. You either have a 90 or you have a 50 and there's no in between. And yet university really challenged me and helped me to grow and realize that there's lots of different ways to learn. There's lots of different ways to be successful and there's lots of ways to approach a situation. And so I think that that's helped me to be a successful educator. As I go into becoming a teacher, there are many things that I've done that I have tried and that I have not continued to do because as I reflected on these things that I've tried, they didn't work, right? 
when I taught junior high, and specifically, I can think of a situation in grade nine when I was teaching grade nine math, and I had a few really high high energy classrooms and classes. And so I really had to think hard about how I was going to engage them and how I was going to cause them to be able to learn. Now, at the school I was at, we had a very uh, unique schedule in that if I saw you in the afternoon on day one, I saw you in the morning next day. And this was really interesting to me because students are in a whole different headspace 2.30 in the afternoon versus 9 a.m. in the morning. And uh, this was really helpful to me, actually, in creating a class setting that I could get the most out of my students. I ended up, after some trial and error, I ended up figuring out that if I wanted to do direct instruction, that was best to happen in the afternoon because everyone had to be listening and I was able to control the class from the front of the room. Now, I had to be on top of it and I had to make sure that everyone was paying attention, but it was the best if I was doing it in the afternoon because everyone was expected to be listening and I was the only one to be talking. Flip that to the next day in the morning, now that I've taught what I needed to do with direct instruction, the morning was the best time to do group activities or to have students be working on a worksheet or assignment or practice activity. And that is because the, they were still in the early stages of the day and they were willing and able to buckle down and do the task that was assigned. They hadn't had too much sugar in their body as of yet and they were in that willing to learn state. And so after figuring this out, I got into a really good rhythm of teaching in the afternoon and doing activities and practice in the morning. But again, this didn't happen right away, right? I would follow my calendar and I would teach in the morning and have activities in the afternoon. But there were so many afternoons where the activities were not being accomplished because the kids had too much sugar. They were counting down the minutes to the end of the day. They weren't engaged and things weren't happening. And so I was getting frustrated because the learning wasn't happening and I was wondering why. Now, Obviously, I did some reflection and asked myself, were the activities not fun enough? Were they not engaging enough? Were they not understanding the math? You know, all of those things. But it took just changing the schedule around a little bit and realizing that it was just more of the headspace that the students were in. So again, I reflected and then I realized that I could change some things up, right? And it worked out to my benefit. Now, I know that not every school has that schedule where if I see you in the afternoon one day, I see you in the morning the next. The school I am at currently doesn't have that schedule. If I see you 9 a.m. in the morning, uh, I see you in the morning again the next day. And if I see you in the afternoon on day one, I see you in the afternoon on day two as well. And so I don't have that luxury schedule like I did at my previous school. And so now it's a little bit different. I see you in the morning every every day. And I have some students who, you know, have trouble getting to school in the mornings. And so I have to think about how I'm going to engage them in a different way than I would at the previous school where I could just flip flop the schedule. But these are things that we need to think about. Again, I'm talking from a teacher standpoint, but I want to encourage you, no matter what situation you find yourself in, 
How are you choosing to take your reflection and turn it into action? How are you choosing to take these thoughts that you have in your job, in your career, in your everyday, and how are you choosing to take those thoughts, take those means of improvement, and how are you actually changing it, right? If we just sit and think and think and think and don't do anything about it, then there's no point, right? This is one of the reasons I started this podcast is because I love talking about education. I love reflecting, but I wanted to do something about it. I wanted to not just talk to people about education, but I wanted to share it with the people who would be willing to listen. And so one of the reasons this podcast was created was for me, yes, to share my passions, yes, for me to share my ideas, but for people like you to, you know, scroll through Spotify or Apple Podcasts and, you know, maybe jump onto this podcast and listen to an episode like this and hopefully inspire you to spur change in your life and to encourage you to try something different, to try something new. If something's not working in your business plan or if something's not working in your proposal and you're thinking about it, you're reflecting about why is this not working? Why am I struggling in this area of of work or in this idea that I'm having? Well, then think about how it can be improved. Think about how you can change it for the better and actually do something about it. Change it. Change the idea. Go about it from a different perspective. Maybe you even need to just erase it and start from scratch. There's many times where I have, as I'm preparing, just scrap it and start fresh. Start from the beginning because there is uh, something I've realized is not working and I need to start from the beginning. Don't be scared to do that. I think that as humans, we get scared of change. We get scared of starting over. That's from human nature. I don't think, I know for me personally, I do not like change. But if we're going to be the best that we can be in our individual places, in our individual jobs, and in our individual lives, we need to be willing to change once in a while, right? If things are going well, we're not going to change, right? We're, we're still going to reflect, right? I think it's always a point to reflect even if things are going really, really well. But we don't necessarily have to change if things are going well, but we definitely need to reflect to ensure that we see that there are a lot of strengths and only a few weaknesses, or we reflect and see that we've improved since last time we've reflected, right? This is the greatness of reflecting for me every semester, so twice a year on the bigger scale, right? Because in January, I'm going to get reflections from my students, and that's when I do a lot of reflecting personally. And then in June, I'm going to get a fresh set of reflections from my new students, and I'm going to reflect again personally. We can compare to see what's the same on your reflection uh, sheets from last year. What have you improved on? What have you maybe slipped? Maybe you didn't have this weakness before, but now you have it now because it's just kind of crept in. And so when we reflect on a regular basis, we can continue to spur action into our jobs and careers and our, our lives as we continue to try and be the best people that we can be. I am a big believer that no one wants to be mediocre. If my students are listening, you're going to hear <laughs> the the line that I tell you all the time, but no one wants to be mediocre and no one wants to hang out with mediocre people. The great thing about reflection is it helps us to continue to grow and continue to be the best people that we can be. Without reflection, I think it's hard to figure out what that is 
But with reflection, it allows us to see how we can change. The important thing is, is to be willing to change, be willing to take action, be willing to change things to be better. We don't know if it's going to work unless we try, right? There are some things, like I've said, that I've tried and they haven't worked. I remember one time I was really struggling with one of my classes and I just wasn't getting through to them. And this was early on in my education journey. And I went to my vice principal and I just said, I need some help. I've been reflecting and I just don't know what to do. I've tried so many different avenues and they're just not working out. What do you think? And so she asked me what I have tried and I shared that with her and she was just really encouraging and said, you know what? I think that you need to, you know, stand up strong and just tell them how you feel and do it in a very sincere and yet somewhat forceful way because they have uh, been not the nicest to you and you need to stand up for who is the authority in the room. And so she came with me into the classroom and I shared what I needed to share. The classroom responded and it was a really powerful experience for me, a very humbling experience for me because I was really struggling with this class and really struggling with um, their approach to how they were treating me as their teacher. But also I was learning how to deal with having a class that wasn't responding to me like I had other classes respond. For the most part, classes have responded fairly well to me as a teacher. And so for this class not to respond well was a shock to me. And I really needed to struggle and uh, and wrestle with with them in, a, in, a, in an emotional way because it was causing me to be sad upon myself and to question my motives and all of that. And so I went, I was courageous enough to go ask for help from my vice principal. And she was just really encouraging and said, it's not necessarily what you're doing. It's just how they're responding. And you have to remember that these were teenagers, right? They're junior high students. And so I say all that to say that sometimes we make decisions and we do things and it doesn't work. And sometimes we change and we do things and it does work. Sometimes we choose to not do anything and then we don't know what the result would be because we didn't choose to change. And so I'd encourage you to, if you need and have a desire to improve, if you've reflected and you see rooms to improve, then make a change and cause action to happen. And if it doesn't go well, guess what? You can change again, reflect again, and bring up a new action. And so that's my encouragement to the to you today. I hope that going into this new year, you take time to reflect and you don't just reflect just because it's the start of a year and it's and that's what people tell you is important. But you reflect because you are willing to cause change to happen in your life. You're okay and excited to take this reflection and bring it into action. Because that's how we become better people. That's how we are able to be the best that we can be. And so thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Life of an Educator podcast. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your comments and your feedback. I'd love for you to share and to invite your family and friends to listen in to this podcast. We're only nine episodes in, and so it's still not too late to jump in right at the beginning. It's episode one of season one and jump in there and uh, experience kind of my first season of thoughts. We've only scratched the surface, and so I'm super excited for what Season 2 will bring in only a short uh, couple of weeks. But until then, thanks so much for listening. Continue to strive for excellence, 
And I'm so glad that we can learn together as we go about uh, life together. So thanks so much. And we will see you next time.